0: Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Mark Lauderan, CIO at University of South Alabama Health System. In this segment, Lauderan talks about what his team is doing to create one patient, one record throughout the organization, why he changed the name of the IT department to IS, and the impact he hopes a CMIO will have on physician engagement. Hi Mark, thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us today.
1: No problem. Thank you.
0: So to to give our readers and listeners um, a little bit of an idea, can you talk a little bit about University of South Alabama Health System?
1: We have two hospitals, a medical center. It's a, a Tier 1 trauma center, the only burn center in the area here in the, the Gulf, central Gulf Coast area. We also have a children's hospital, which is the largest uh, neonatal care center in the area and the only children's hospital in this part of the Gulf Coast Coast area as well. We also have a medical school through the university. Um, we have about 170 employed positions, and at any one time we've got about 270 positions going through our medical school. That's, that's high level. I almost didn't want to forget, we also have a cancer center. Uh, the Mitchell Cancer Institute is uh, the premier cancer institute in the Gulf central Gulf Coast area as well.
0: Okay. And then you have, uh, you have other offerings in terms of uh, ambulatory care.
1: That's the two hundred or the one hundred and seventy employed physicians. Um, they have oh, right. multi specialties, you know, from primary care, cardiac, you name it. We've got uh, lots of different specialties with those one hundred and seventy employed physicians.
0: Okay. All right. And now, as, as far as where you're located, you said you're near the Gulf.
1: Yeah, we're in Mobile, Alabama, which is in the central Gulf area. Sort of One way to look at it is we're kind of between New Orleans and Pensacola. Pensacola is about an hour and a half one way. New Orleans is about two, three hours the other way. So we're right in the central Gulf area is what they call it down here, or the Alabama folks would call, call it Lower Alabama, L.A.
0: <laughs> okay. And you've been there about two years or so?
1: I've been a, been here almost two and a half years. Uh, my predecessor had been here 43 years and uh, so I've I've been bringing in different ideas and new ideas and just trying to carry, continue to carry the organization forward.
0: Okay. All right. That's something we'll definitely want to get into in a little bit. But just to kind of, uh, you know, f- further lay the groundwork, can you talk a little bit about, uh, first of all, w- what kind of falls under uh, your purview for as far as IT functions?
1: So I have IT functions for the entire health system, so that's from the analyst to the everything. Um, I don't have the data center with our university provides data center, network telecom, but I have all of the other IT functions within the, the health system. So the ambulatory, both hospitals, and the Mitchell Cancer Institute, we have IT folks that support all of those from applications, design, all of that. Um, as far as applications, we have our primary acute care EMR is Sorian, and we have primary acute care REV cycle is Envision. Then on the ambulatory side, we have NextGen as our primary EMR and REV cycle. And then for the uh, uh, oncology area for the Mitchell Cancer Institute, we have a product called Varian. And so, and then we have a few others. We but, So we have right now a hodgepodge of five EMRs and three different REV cycle systems. And like any health system, we've got about 200 other assorted applications that we support
0: Right. And the five different EMRs, are where, so that's for for which facilities? For uh, physicians'
1: offices? Um, different ones, yeah. So, the, as I said, okay. for the ambulatory side, we're primarily next gen. For the hospitals, we're primarily Sorian. But on the children's side, we also use a product called. Um, um, OB-TraceView, and then we also use a product called Crib Notes in the neonatals. We're in the process of migrating off of all of those over to um, the Cerner Millennium product. So okay. early this year we signed a contract to do that, and by June of next year we will have migrated, if not all, almost all of those onto the Cerner Millennium product.
0: Okay. And no, that will be both acute
1: a- care, ambulatory side, and rep cycle.
0: Okay. So, so obviously, the, uh, the the goal there just to have uh, you know that the better flow of information uh, and, and not yes. having to deal with that the hodgepodge as you said.
1: Yeah, we had we had um, when I came in the biggest complaint or one of the biggest complaints we had in the, of our customers was that they had multiple systems. They would have five or six different systems they would interact with in a in a day just a regular physician, not not counting folks that went into a lot of specialties. So. You know, we had different lab system from a different vendor. We had a radiology system from a different vendor. So all of these different systems, people would have, have one interface, one patient record. That's actually our goal is one patient, one record is our goal of the project, as well as to improve quality and, and profitability. But the big thing is one patient, one record, which we believe will drive everything else. And it will make it a lot easier for physicians. And, you know, they get the – They'll look at the record in the ambulatory setting. Uh, uh, take an example of a surgeon who sees the patient the day before their surgery. They look at their record in the ambulatory setting. Then the next day they come into the hospital and they look at the record, and it says different things. Right. Even though they are interfaced, we all know that different data can be displayed differently in different systems. Um, might actually have them on a different pay or might have different allergies. This will get rid of all of that.
0: Right. And for you, uh, you know, coming in, was this something that you kind of knew was going to be um, uh, on your to-do list, like kind of a big priority as far as, uh, you know, getting this together and and making the selection for, uh, you know, to have uh, one integrated system?
1: That was what I wanted to do. Um, when I came in, They there were a lot of things they told me they wanted me to try and drive. One was improve our customer satisfaction within the organization of IT um, we call it IS Information Services. We changed the name. We're not an IT department. We're not about technology. We're about providing services. So that's been one of my focuses. And the other was they wanted seamless integration of their data. And as we looked at how we would do that and the disparate systems we had, we realized there was no way to do it. Then it was just a matter of how could we come up with the money to do it. And uh, Cerner was able to talk to us. And then we actually had a long-term contract with Sorian with the uh, Siemens, so we really didn 't have a choice on the on the acute care side on the next gen side on the ambulatory side. we were into a year to year contract, so we had some flexibility on the ambulatory side. We had no flexibility on the acute care side, but Cerner, when they bought um, Siemens, they came up with some uh, some terms that we could live with let's put it that
0: way right, and when you said uh one of the goals was to to improve uh, you know i s customer service was that Was that kind of one of the big issues that kept coming up? uh, Just as you know, not having that uh, that integration.
1: One of it was integration. Part of it was um, we within IS were very fragmented. We had different teams serving different parts of the organization. They weren't consistently doing things. We had um, the organization used to be very command and control, top down driven. So decisions sometimes took a little longer than maybe they had to because you know the managers weren't empowered to to make those decisions it was also just a, it was it was an aging environment um in the infrastructure and we needed to make some changes do some upgrades to the equipment so that they weren't constantly having to you know find a machine that worked or why do these different things not work with each other because some were very old so, we spent a lot of time upgrading the infrastructure, customer service training for our desktop and end user support folks, um, just changing attitudes about how we re- respond. We never say no. We just say, well, we can do that, but this is what it's going to take. Um, sometimes people like the fact that you're at least willing to talk to them and understand the trade offs. And once they understand the trade offs, they may agree that that's not a good idea, but at least they understand the trade offs versus maybe just saying no to everything that would come through the door. Yeah. So we we've, we've made a lot of changes around customer service. We actually do regular surveys now every 6 months we send a survey out to the entire or- leadership of the organization asking how we're doing. And uh those those numbers have trended up over the years that I've been here and hopefully they'll continue to trend up.
0: Right. Okay. All right, so you had some some pretty uh, pretty clear goals going in uh, you know to to this role and um as far as going to, to Cerner, Cerner Millennium, I'm sorry, what did you say was the uh, the, the date that uh, you're looking at?
1: June 6th of next year is our go-live okay. date at this point, given everything, uh, everything works out, D-Day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, right now, things seem to be on track for that, or w- what is the big kind of focus in terms of getting ready for that?
1: Yeah, things are on track. Cerner's been doing a great job providing the the folks we need and the people and the expertise. We've uh, gone out and brought in a lot of experts as well, contractors to help in areas where we maybe didn't have the depth and then, of course, my folks have spent a lot of time learning the product. Um, and so we've we've held our current state reviews of the Cerner process you do a current state review, which is document what you do today, then you do the future state review, which we're going to be having next month with them, where they come back and show the best practices and have integrated in some of our practices that they felt we need or told us where we need to get rid of those practices and, and do it. You know, the best practice way. So that's the next major step. Then there'll be a lot of discussion about that. A lot of uh, testing as they develop the, the implementation. And uh, we obviously are also doing a lot of infrastructure upgrade. We have a fairly um, spotty wireless infrastructure coverage right now. Um, some areas it's it's Top notch in many areas. It's not um, again because we didn't have a consistent approach, and so now we're going to have a consistent approach to all of our infrastructure, and that should should make things a lot better for for us.
0: Okay, what still needs to happen as far as getting that in- infrastructure to where you want it?
1: Well, we've we've uh, got bids out to upgrade the infrastructure as far as the wireless and the network switches. Um, we've also got bids out for replacement of a number of our workstations and printers and other things that uh, we need to be upgraded um once obviously we make a decision on that then we'll be rolling that out the next year and then uh be ready for go live okay
0: so that that's always uh interesting looking at looking at a change that big and you talked about training and education and um i mm-hmm. had also uh, i had seen that um your organization is uh, does not have a CM, CMIO at this point right
1: um, yeah we we did a posting A couple months ago for a CMIO, and we've gone through the interview process. We've narrowed it down to two finalists. Um, We've actually held all of our interviews with the administrative team and the physician champions. We had an equal balance of about half administrative interviewers and half physician champions that have interviewed those two finalists, and so now we're going through the process of deciding which of those two candidates we'll be bringing on, and hopefully we'll get them in soon enough that uh, they can help with the implementation.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that that can be uh, you know a, a challenge not having that position, but it's just something where uh, the organization just did not have that in the past.
1: Yeah. We didn't have a CMIO. We, they've never had a CMIO. Um, what we've we've really relied pretty heavily on physician champions out there. So we we've, we've got a core group or physician advisory group that's about six positions that are I would say the core group, and then we have probably another half dozen that come in off and on. Um, but they represent different parts of the organization and have done a very good job of, of supporting us. But they've all got their own jobs, so to speak. And so they're, you know, they're limited in how much time they can put in. So now with a dedicated CMIO, he'll be able to um, focus on that job. They'll still use the physician champions a lot, and they'll give us a lot of feedback in the, from the different areas. But there'll be somebody who will, one, be able to, as we do, sit through these design sessions, Make sure that we understand the physician needs, and then two, as we make these decisions, go back and explain it to the physicians why we maybe chose A over B or B over C, and and why that may be the right thing to do for the organization.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could really see uh, you know the the need for that, um, especially as uh, you know physician engagement is, is such a big priority, and making sure that uh, you're getting that that buy-in right off the bat, and as you head into this kind of final stretch.
1: Yeah, it's going to be real c- critical to us. Um, we're trying to Im- involve our physicians a lot more in this implementation. We've we rolled out the Sorian product and the NextGen product many years ago, or several years ago, um, before I got here. And, and one of the feedbacks I got from the physician groups was that they felt that they weren't involved enough either in the early design. Or any of the discussions, any of the, the critical decisions along the way, um, and part of that may be that they weren 't involved, part of that may be that they there wasn 't enough communication out to them to help help Folks understand who was involved from the physician area. So, by having that dedicated physician champion, one there will always be a physician in the room, but two, that person can go back out and communicate to the physicians what what are the what are the trade-offs? You know that, that we'd always like it that everything was cut and dried, it's black and white, and it's A or B. But in reality, we all know there's shades of gray in almost every decision, and most times there's a trade-off, and you, and you have to understand why those decisions were made the way they were, and having a physician that can explain back, okay, here's why it was important to go one way or the other. And here's, here's some of the things we considered. Um, and obviously, in the end, we want to make sure we're doing the right thing for our patients.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com podcast.